to Marvelous Pod. Whether you're watching Marvel's Moonlight or, if like at me, Magster, you've decided to try and understand Moonlight solely through the prism of our ramblings. Well, all I can say, Maggie, is good luck to you with this episode. <laughs> Today, of course, we'll be discussing episode four of Moonlight, The Tomb. I'm Laura and I'm joined by my co-host, Abby. Hello. And Matthew. How do you do? I do very well, thank you. <laughs> so, I'm going to start with you, Matthew. What did you think of this episode? Uh, when I remembered to watch it, I thought it was <laughs> fine. And then it obviously takes a left-hand turn into a new show, a new plot, a new situation. Mm. It's feeling a little more daring. I, w- I was a little bit down on it last week for being a bit obvious and I could see where this was going and what was coming. And I feel like it has. it is now trying stuff. Even before that moment... Stuff had happened that I went, oh, I didn't expect. Oh, okay, that's good. Which is what I'm looking for from shows at the moment to mm. surprise me and engage me. And I feel like this has done that better. Excellent. Abby, how about you? I was surprised. I was genuinely surprised by the twists and turns this week. Um, and I was already enjoying the episode even prior to the big twist. Um, I am, yeah, I, I think I was, I was also a little off the boil about, um, Last was it last week's episode? I think yeah. it's last week's episode that I wasn't so into. Um, this week, still not a hundred percent on absolutely everything that's happening. I admit that sometimes I keep kind of going, "Wait, did what with the thing?" And um, where are and what? What? What did you want again? And wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then if I stop and think about it, or better, ask my wife what's going on, um, it felt <laughs> it feels fairly easy to sort that out. I think I I um quite prone to being distracted at this point by Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke um, I think I'm, I'm sometimes forgetting to engage with the plot <laughs> as much as I might if I'm mm. honest so I'm looking forward to finding out some of what happened mm-hmm. and uh, and your thoughts <laughs> well yeah I am now all in we've, we've suddenly got more of a mystery so you know I love my, my mystery Um. But uh, same as you, Abby, even before we had that sudden change, um, really enjoyed the Tomb Raider stuff. Maybe want to watch The Mummy again, the good one. Um, in fact, actually thinking about it, Tomb Raider as well, as for no good reason, I really like that film. <gasps> so many good reasons to like that Just, film. Both the Tomb Raider films, they're comfort, both good. Comfort mm. watching. And Real always, comfort. Always on iPlayer. In fact, mm, all three Tomb Raider films mm. are great. I would... Oh, I haven't seen the, the new, new one. one. Mm. The Elusive Akanda mm. one. I mm-hmm. really liked it. I've not seen it since... I saw it at the cinema and I don't think I've seen it since. Worth a rewatch? I, I enjoyed it again when I watched it okay. the second Quite time. Different. Would watch all three of them. Yeah, sufficiently different, but also yeah. still Lara. Yeah. I, thought... I think the BBC funded, or part funded, the two... Um... Yeah. That's why they're always on iPlayer. That's why they're on iPlayer. I I can see it. Like, it's got Chris Barry in it. Yes. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's an obligation. Get Um, your actors in cheap. Mm. I love those films. And then also Daniel Craig. You couldn't really ask for more. Interesting you mentioning, like, wanting to watch The Mummy and things again. I I felt like at times it was working very hard not to be Indiana Jones. And to actively, like, it would have been very easy for some of this to have looked and felt like an Indiana Jones film. Mm. We are currently watching all three Indiana Jones films. Watch two and we're on the third. I I feel like they have made conscious choices to make it significantly darker, to make it a little bit more realistic in some ways. Mm. Um, In inverted commas, realistic for the story and everything that's going on. Um, with an actual discussion of it, rather than it just being action heroes going in and doing this stuff. It's mm. actual people who understand the history and can put clues together and so on. It's it's making the most of the actual discipline that mm-hmm. some of your character has. Mm-hmm. Um, which I always felt they could have done more with with Indiana Jones. Um, to be but, but yes, I would have liked to have watched the two, th- this series as Tomb Raider with Leda as the lead. Like, yeah. That would have been quite cool. Yeah, I'm very much up for a um, Layla spin-off mm. who just does Tomb Raiding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so um, really loved all the that side of things. And the, the end, the ending and the switch to the hospital, I I was completely thrown by it. Wasn't expecting it at <laughs> all. Um, I just love the weirdness of it. And I, I just really hope they explain it in a way that I agree makes sense. 
you know, and, and it works. Mm. It's very risky. Mm. Like, really risky. The, the other two places that this has been particularly done in, in our sort of fields, Buffy has an episode called Normal Again. It really That does that. I- exactly this. Yeah. And Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, has an episode called Far Beyond the Stars, mm. where the captain imagines himself as a writer on a science fiction magazine, pulp fiction type magazine, uh, cool. in, in the 1950s. So it does a lot of racial justice in America in the 50s, as as the show you know, it did comment on at times, um, as well as the split of is he the captain or is he the writer imagining the station, this thing. I would like to see that. Well, that, that threads the needle better than normal again, because the thing that is particularly risky is everyone looks at normal again and goes, so are we just spending our time watching the, fast, the, the imaginations of someone? And this, depending on where this goes to, it could be, why did we watch those first three episodes if they're actually not real? Mm. And if they are real and this is a whole separate thing going on, this needs to resolve fairly quickly and not spend too much time here, perhaps? Yeah, I remember feeling that way when I watched the Buffy episode. Mm-hmm. It was great, but then I was kind of like, oh, so... Let's not dwell. I I really, I really loved that as a standalone one-off episode. I I really, really loved it at at the time, and I still do. And um, and I still really like that it is kind of unresolved in and of itself, and you can just take it as as the thing, and and it really works in a way that kind of, I mean. This is not the Buffy podcast, but I think it really works in a way that kind of unpicks a couple of other inconsistencies in the show that I really liked. Um, mm. What it reminded me most of mm. is uh, Lost and um, mm. Hurley's spell in in an oh, institution. Yeah. Um, the the sort of curious architecture of it, it's the variety of variously warehouse, hospital, mm-hmm. um, offices, probably fewer sarcophagi. Um, than than <laughs> uh, than in Moon Knight's one, but yeah, there was there was a lot of that kind of people are living here, and this is an ongoing pre-existing place that mm. you have suddenly been landed in, and now you have so many questions, mm-hmm. um, and I think that 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 sort of whiplash effect, and particularly the fact that the episode finishes with no answers, mm. so you've had three and a half episodes of one thing, and then or three and two thirds episode of one thing and then a very sizable unresolved chunk. Mm. The decision to cut there is going to be interesting to see how that resolves. If it resolves. I, I was amazed it went on as long as it did because mm. I expected that the revelation that he's in a mental institution or, or whatever this is to be the ending of the episode. And then we discussed that for a week and then you get the story, but we've actually had story in this mm. realm, fantasy, illusion, whatever this thing is going to be. And, and then the thing that happens at the end, which is amazing, which is incredible, which I absolutely adore, and the shot of two Oscar Isaacs screaming at the screen for me. I love that. <laughs> that made me so happy. <laughs> I, I must say, I did very much enjoy the Stephen Mark hug. Mm. Just was like, oh, it's lovely. And the, and the fact, I think it's the maybe the first time Stephen says, um, us, Yeah. Harrow shot us. Mm. Uh, so that seems significant. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like the This now puts them in a place where they're both going to go through something together, potentially, mm. and form a bond. So it, it moves their relationship. I, again, I was complaining last time of, I wish they'd just come to an accord and deal with it. Yeah, This will move it from they are in conflict with each other all the time to they have a common background. They have something in common. Mm, potentially. Mm. Mm. A couple of common enemies, because I mm-hmm. that third, well, no, second shaking coffin. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that is number three. You'd expect so, because they've not had the conversation. Again, I, I, I think I liked the early episodes of this because it seemed like people talked to each other and asked each other questions. Um, oh no, that was Hawkeye, wasn't it? Hawkeye, I loved because people seemed to sit down and be like, "Okay, so what happened to you? Right, this is what happened to me. Let's figure out the, the thing." Mm. It feels like at some point they should have had a thing of saying. Right, when you were in control of the body, what happened to that group of people? I was in control. When you were in, well, okay, something else is going on here then. And and I'm annoyed that at some point they haven't discussed that. Maybe they didn't have a mirror handy. Yeah. Um, which is weird because this show is full of reflective surfaces. Very That's handily. Amazing. Everything's very shiny. <laughs> <laughs> so as we're talking about hospital, what do we think is going on here? 
I'm suspecting some sort of um, afterlife, some some way that the gods are able to commune and interact, oh, and okay. somehow Stephen Stroke Mark's psyche is able to interpret it in this way. So you know, you, like like dreams are just electrical signals being interpreted in your head as mm-hmm. some sort of vision. When you press on your eye, it translates pressure touch into a visual stimulus mm. it's it's you know this is the the way he can decode whatever happens when Konshu would resurrect him or or whatever the hippopotamus headed god demon thing is going to be taura taura okay um that's that's my suspicion mm. do you have a thought so we think this is actually a realm this isn't just in um, Stephen Mark's head. Because I was thinking the the simplest explanation for me is that it is, you know, he's just been shot. This is between life and death, mm-hmm. unconscious, what have you. And so this is what his mind is playing out. But then when I was watching the second time, there is a scene that we see outside of Mark and Stephen's perspective. So as Mark... Um, bites the orderlies mm-hmm. and runs out the room we still see in the room after he's left Harrow mm-hmm. ask the orderlies if they're okay which would suggest that it well, it could just be a Disney's not too concerned about it but if you're looking at it strictly that would suggest that isn't just in his mind mm. so I really I hadn't even thought of that idea I really like the idea that this is some kind of in between life something yeah I, I I wonder if the, the fact it appears to be some sort of institution is is this is how he interprets whatever mm. this going on is something on those lines. Um, mm, that's interesting that it was outside of this thing because I also found it interesting that Harrow made a comment about I've had psychotic breaks and depressive moments as well. So I'm like, that's, I'm not sure that's something a doctor tells a patient. So that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, also if you look at that office, I'm not sure that if that's a real psycholo- uh, psychologist, mm. psychiatrist office, there's some damn creepy stuff going on. Mm-hmm. You've got you know people who are feeling a bit disturbed as it is. You know the Egyptian statues and the canopic jars and what have you. It's like oh, you're setting up some issues here. If you've got people, as with um, Mark, who's saying that he, he has trouble telling the difference between reality and mm-hmm. and dreams, um, then yeah, who were the Doctors that the... Stephen was given a leaflet for in episode two. Oh, I don't know, but that is a that's interesting. Mm. They really did push that, didn't they? I was expecting as, that to come up, particularly as they when I was watching that scene the first time. I thought I didn't think he was getting sacked because I thought they were saying we're going to help get you some help because if they're firing him, they're not going to be paying for him to go and see a doctor. So, yeah. That would make more sense as to why they were pushing that. Hmm. I also forgot to mention the nitpick from episode two, that it's uh-huh. never NHS, it's always the NHS, just in case anyone was thinking of saying that wrong. <laughs> um, but I, I found that really particularly interesting because they mentioned the NHS, so they are aware this is a British show, mm-hmm. and uh, and that would be aware. a thing. Um, but also there's this idea that he would be referred to some specific private doctors, mm-hmm. mm. um, which given the sort of the, the way things weirdly unfold in the museum then, yeah, um, I think it seems even more relevant now. I was waiting for the doctor's thing to come yeah. back. It hasn't yet. It feels like maybe mm. that's... Mm. That's interesting. Mm. We won't go back and looking at that. Go mm. find a screen grab. Mm. Yeah, um, so because in the hospital we've got a lot of our characters that we've seen before. Donna, Beck, who was the kind of henchman for Anton, Layla. It said on the um, close um, closed captions that um, Layla was a nurse, but she's not. She, she's clearly a patient. That's a damn weird that behavior. seems to be, yeah. Obviously we've got Arthur, we've got Bobby and Billy, um, the cops who were the orderlies. Crawley is uh, calling the bingo numbers. Mm. Oh my goodness, is casting everyone from Doctors actually a massive Easter egg? (laughs) (laughs) Because that would be the greatest Marvel Easter egg yet. (laughs) I like it, I like it a lot. We are way ahead on this. Funny enough, I've not seen any other articles talking about the cast being from Doctors. 
because they really are. <laughs> I just, um, I love it if someone went, hey, what if? <laughs> Brilliant. Well, you've heard it here first. Mm. Um, and I love, we also got Gus as uh, a little, it didn't look like a real goldfish, it just looked like a kind of plastic one. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and the little Moonlight doll. I just love all of all of the way that they set it up and Stephen Grant and what have you. Um, I think it was those little things that particularly reminded me of Lost, the way that, you know, I, I remember kind of going in to look up who every single patient in that hospital was, and there were occasionally, <laughs> you know, people who'd been an extra in another scene, and, nice. it, yeah, mm. same oh, sort great. of thing. Oh, so um, the hippo goddess is, well, I did look up how to pronounce this, but something along the lines of Taura, uh, protective goddess of childbirth and fertility. Maybe Stephen Mark's pregnant. Um, but has has Mark birthed Stephen? Well, that sounds great. Is, well, but but you know what I mean. Like, no, like I know what you mean. the, the implication <laughs> seems to be that these the are one. well, yeah. But but these are, I don't know, identities to help him deal with certain things. Yeah. Well, it depends if they're in, if they're in his mind. Um, did he did he mention her in the first episode when he was going through the? Yeah. There's um, okay. plushies in the museum that he's um, mm. that Donna wants him to move somewhere, and he actually says, "Oh no, that's Tara." Yep, that's mm. right. Okay, so he knows her, as it were. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, good sequence. Um, my question for both of you: Did either of you watch Legion? No, not the Paul Bettany film. I'm presuming not the Paul Bettany film. I'm sorry. The Marvel TV series. Oh, <laughs> <Directly> right. <laughs> Paul Bettany's not in that one. <laughs> Which has got Dan Stevens in it. Um, I'm quite tempted to watch it just for that reason. Yeah, I didn't. I never made it all the way through. Oh, okay. But it's it's kind of weird and quite like, like you know it's properly long form. It's trying to tell a long story and it doesn't give you much each episode. There is there is a scene in the middle of it that is just one of the most incredible scenes that just turned to show up on its head. I could watch that scene over and over again. You bet. Oh. Um, yeah, no. Um, I was about to spoil a wholly different show there. I'm not going to do that. But it also had, I, I don't know, there was just something in the language of this institution that felt a bit like the seeming cleanliness in Legion of the institution that, that they're within within that. And, and I just, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do a weird <laughs> X-Men quasi-crossover thing, but... Oh my god! I think if Moonlight is this, the <laughs> what exactly the X Men? <laughs> right. No one has seen that coming. That would be amazing. So. By a Mephisto. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I did say in in the first episode that there are very few people that Moonlight does not interact with. Mm. I'm just true. reiterating that yeah. now. So. <laughs> Nothing is a and and again, I think that's something that's still really nice about this show. Is that anything could be the surprise? I'm just delighted that we did actually get a big surprise mm-hmm. mm. and a full Egyptian goddess representation. Yeah. Because you know, as we were talking about last time, some of the CGI was a little disappointing. But if they were holding it in for now, mm-hmm. yeah, we absolutely. might let them off. <laughs> absolutely. And I don't think there has been any sort of suspicion that this was coming. Not through any marketing. I haven't seen anyone. Try, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to find anything, so I'm not looking for it. But you feel like when big things are coming, big actors or big changes, something gets hinted I at. De- no, I definitely did. I think it might have been a podcast I was listening to, maybe Empire One, because they're doing a week by week as well. Mm. Um, and I think in one of their earlier podcasts about this, they did talk about, I think it's maybe it's when they were talking about the third and personality and someone mentioned about well because there was in the poster trailer i don't know what have you that image of the hospital mm, interesting okay. now that's the only thing and i had completely forgotten about that when i was watching moonlight right, so nice. i didn't have any kind of mm. so when's the hospital turn up it's only after that that i remember mm-hmm. that they'd mentioned something so i think there was something somewhere but um i mean i'm still not going back at <laughs> looking at the trailer in case it still tells us something from later on. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I thought I was spoiled on something very big. Your your reactions when I said I've not watched this episode and I might not watch this episode and just ask you questions about it was very much, you know, you need to watch this stuff is going to happen. And I uh, someone else had tweeted you're an not, article. You're not, 
this is definitely something that isn't going to happen later in the... This is definitely... No, no. So someone else had tweeted... No, this is fine. This is fine. This is me being okay. me. Um, someone else had tweeted an article that the headline of the article was explanation of who killed Layla's father, something like that. Mm. Okay. And I suddenly realized that I was reading a headline that might be a spoiler. So I stopped reading and all I read was explanation of who, who killed Layla. So I'm watching this episode fully expecting her to die at some point. And then suddenly there's, there's an institution and it's all like stuff's going on. Oh, that's really funny. So I had an anti-spoiler. That's brilliant. I like it. Oh. Well, there we go. What what about um, the revelation to Layla? Uh, again, like I said, the, the, the episode did a few things I didn't expect. And the fact they sort of resolved that pretty quickly. As soon as they introduced the, the, the possible conflict there that it might have been Mark, I was like, oh, okay, this, this, this feels a little bit like the sort of thing we've seen. It feels a bit Hawkeye. Um, and some of that, some of the stuff we saw there and, and various other bits in the MCU and different shows. But the fact she then had a conversation with him and he told her certainly what seems to be have happened. Um, it's like, oh, okay, this adds an interesting color and background to the character without it being, we've now got, you know, however many more episodes of them falling out with each other and then eventually she either forgets about it or forgives him, as yeah. is often the case. Um, no, I was very pleased it, it came to a discussion more than anything else. Mm. I did think when she walked into Alexander the Great's tomb, <laughs> she had zero reaction to this tomb. Right. I know she was annoyed, well, more than annoyed. I know she was super angry at Mark and had had this, but I don't know. I still would have. That actress has been so good with like nuance and mm. little looks and stuff that I still thought there would be a little kind of, oh, wow. Now, guy, we need to talk about some stuff. Yeah. You know, just, uh, oh. Um, so I did think that's, that was cool. CGI or whatever it was 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 absolutely gorgeous with the, mm. the Maris tomb. Really gave that idea of the grandeur, and I really liked that it was it was Alexander the Great. You know, a nice little. Mm. Oh well, we all know who that one. Is. Yeah, I I, I was wondering because there was a lot of Egyptology in this. How mm. it appealed to you? Uh, appealed, but I don't remember anything that okay. I read when okay. I was a kid. So yeah, as far as uh, how accurate, no uh, idea. Did it delight but, um, you? But yes, it delighted me. Good, yeah. Good. Well, okay. other than the creepy, creepy, creepy. Um, other than the creepy, uh, other than the creepy, creepy priest, creepy paper. <laughs> yes, um, with slightly weird alien uh, sounds, which you know, yeah, it's like predator. I'm not seeing predator, but that's the kind of noise. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, like this was a dark episode for a lot of it. Which, by the way, I I don't recommend watching at lunchtime on a very sunny day. We were watching it at breakfast time on a very sunny day. Yeah. And after a couple of minutes, I had to pause it and just kind of put cushions in front of the windows because <laughs> the curtains was not doing... It took me back to my days of watching Supernatural, uh, which <laughs> just was best done at night. I've not otherwise... even... Yeah, I've not even tried watching this in the morning because it's just where I, I don't even have curtains on the windows of the TV. <laughs> and so it's just like black, lots of noise. So. And, yeah. and again, that's the sort of thing that differentiates it from most of these sorts of films and series that do, you know, flaming torches on the wall and we're going to light it all like this is... No, we're in a tomb. Um, yeah, flares are particularly handy, though, it seems. I think very, I may have yeah. to stock up. Mm. Uh, talking about kind of enjoying the episode as it was going along i really i really appreciated how ugh, and and kind of icky and frightening and shocking i think the the kind of creature aspect mm. was um mm. and i was i was very pleased that they didn't go down the animated mummy route speaking of the mummy i mm-hmm. i <laughs> genuinely have very big problems with mummies in general stemming from a very early visit to the british museum and not really realizing i was literally going to go and look at a corpse yeah. Um, okay. I was five. I'm not over it. I'm still. I'm more upset than I am frightened by them, and I don't think. I, I just don't really like the way that they're handled often in things. Okay. So I appreciate with this, thus far, mm-hmm. that um, the kind of mummy-based desecration has been slightly different. Were you okay with that then? With the yeah. Well, I mean, he said sorry. Mm-hmm. He said sorry a lot. It was very Mr. apologetic. Mr. Great. <laughs> it seemed very important and um it was it was it was different and I sort of preferred that and it was mm. um 
appropriately stressful and and gross as well. I don't think it it overstepped the fact that again, this is a person here, mm. which too often for me is is what's missing from yeah. the mm. from fair. you know including the display of mummies in public too often missing. Um, yeah, and I think you know, much as it wasn't super graphic, they definitely got across the whole thing that when the hecker priest was um, carving up the guy, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's quite a lot of blood for for Marvel. It it is it's it is a dark show. Yeah, and when we get into that that short bit of action that we had, you know, it's mm. it's fairly brutal. They are looking to do maximum impact, maximum damage to each other. Where, like, Abby, you always talk about, you know, they, they survive a fall off a building and smashing through walls and things, and it's it's high impact but low hmm, impact. Consequences. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do feel, and again, going back to our Spider-Man conversation, I feel like they are upping the consequences of violence because mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. that the kind of bash, bash, we had this conversation with the Winter Soldier, Captain America, mm. Falcon and the Winter Soldier mm-hmm. series. Um, that it, there was more blood than mm. we've seen yeah. in a lot of things, and certainly in Spider Man, there was more blood than we've seen. Mm. Can they get away with it more on TV? Yeah, you know, Spider Man not on TV. No, so just true. it, it does yeah, feel yeah. like a bit of a franchise mm-hmm. shift mm. that they realise that actually maybe acquiescing to getting this into the lowest possible age group is not necessarily the best thing, mm. both for our box office. And for the content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think it is easier for the TV though, isn't it? Because with the films, they are limited to the fact that the cinema is not meant to let someone in. Yeah. Um, within those certain uh, ages. Well, it's, yeah, an external service is going to rate it, whereas they own yeah. the delivery mechanism here as well. Yeah, so absolutely. You know. mm. Yeah, and they can say, I think this one is 16? No. Mm. It says yeah, 16, 16 plus, 16 yeah. This one. Okay. But I mean, clearly that's not going to say what you will. 12 year old. Apparently, my nephew has had an account on something, I assume like a Netflix or a Disney Plus. He had his account upped to being the 12 account now. So he's Whoa. able to watch Godzilla and King Kong and oh, Pacific Rim and stuff. Exciting. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, and, but you can see it working for this. Suddenly, there is more content available mm. that you wouldn't have previously had. And this, this sitting in one of those buckets. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I thought we had a. Now, this is me saying this, and we know what scaredy cat I am. But sort of a proper, what felt like a horror moment when the hecker priest comes and grabs her from behind and pulls her back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, and the fact that it happens again. And that really reminded me of in episode two, there's something that again made me think of realistically horror trailers that I've seen. Um, where, uh, <laughs> you, Lenny... And you're saying that because you've not seen the film. Not that it's only yeah. in the trailers. No, you've no, not no. actually seen the film that comes no, out. Yeah, okay. of horror. <laughs> Trailer game nightmares, so God knows. Um, <laughs> where, um, where the whole time with the jackal in episode two, and Layla's uh, lying sort of face down on the ground, the, the camera in her face, and she gets dragged backwards. Mm-hmm. And that seemed like I'm sure I've seen that in mm. a couple of cassette trailers. But I thought I thought it struck the tone really well. So that that all comes off them finding the camp very yes. early on in the episode, and they had a bit of discussion, a bit of back and forth, which felt like filler the the finding the camp and i don't know why it felt like we were watching someone's dungeons and dragons game <laughs> it really felt like marvel was playing D and you have you know the dm being like right you find the camp what do you do well we let's look for supplies and clues okay well you find this and, and you go into the tent and you find this and you know Roll an observation check. Oh, I got a three. Ah, you don't notice the bloody dagger on the floor and all the blood everywhere. You just take some supplies and you go out. <laughs> and it just it just had this vibe of like refilling before the next big encounter or something. And I think it might just be because one of them says, "Let's find supplies." See, I, that was one of the things I really liked. With I don't made me think about with Layla is that she's quite a different character to what we've had. Mm-hmm. Definitely the female characters because she's not a black widow. You know, she's not gadgeted up to the eyeballs and she's not this expert fighter, but she's really resourceful. Mm. And she was the one who said, let's look for resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, you know, and she can handle herself, but she seems very real. Mm-hmm. I think you don't have to have that sort of, I mean, obviously you need to spend disbelief with a lot of this series, but with Layla, I feel like that's someone you actually might be in the world. Mm. I, f- I feel like I'm still lacking a bit of 
personality. I, I don't know if I I don't know what I mean. There's something I don't like about her character, and I um it makes me uncomfortable when I have that because I don't mm. know what it is. Um, the thing I did really like was um was the part where um she said uh, so you you were just going to take this person out of my life without talking to me. I did like that line a lot, and I thought that was a really mm-hmm. nice point that wasn't nothing was really done with it but but it i like that she made the point it was mm. an interesting thought um but again i think sometimes they just kind of put the, these pointers in and don't necessarily wrangle them as as much as they might i think we're getting quite an insight into her relationship with mark because that that comment yes she made it to Stephen, but it's not really for Stephen when he made that deal as he thinks he did with mark i don't think he'd even met layla by that stage or if so he you know hadn't really got to know her and clearly harbor a major crush as it seems um but yeah the fact that mark that you know was happy to run off that way mm-hmm. um and also then what we're seeing with one thing i'm really enjoying is with her and Stephen this kind of I don't think romance is quite right, but she so appreciates. It's almost like, I suppose for her, in a way, it feels like seeing her husband, but seeing that, finding out that there's this gentler side to him mm-hmm. um, and, and how much she appreciates him knowing about the Egyptology. And she always just looks really, really chuffed when he says anything, basically, about Egyptology. And there's a there's a really nice little bit when... Um, when I think, is it, did Mark throw him down that hole? Is that what we're meant to think? Or did he just fall down it? Uh, and also of, he didn't know what to do anyway. So yeah, He seemed to kind of fight club himself down the hole. Bit of every column, yeah. Um, And then when he says, oh, look at you, and Layla, like, lights up and then realises he's talking about the statue behind her. But I just, I really like what we've got going on there. Although the kiss looked appalling. I, was, I, I thought that was such a... A strange close-up of that kiss, and you thought I've seen Oscar Isaac do a lot of kissing yeah, in Steven. in things. I know yeah. it was it like a teenager kiss. It was, <laughs> and I, you know, when you you see those kinds of things and you think, what was the conversation around this? What was the direction? I'm I'm so curious about how that was sort of staged and done and I, I thought it was it was just the right level of ah can we just take a step back <laughs> I just don't want to look at it and I, I didn't think I would be saying I didn't want to see Oscar Isaac kiss anybody <laughs> but it was very sweet it was very sweet and, I, very and sweet. you're right like I do really like the way that she is kind of lit up by Stephen and, and so endeared to him and sort of fascinated by that endearing way um mm. I think perhaps the the Layla part that I I loved less was was her kind of men like you comment to Harrow. I just thought, which men <laughs> specifically are we working with here? Evil men. Yeah. Just if this is a world where the MCU exists and some alien turned up and, and clicked his fingers and half the people disappeared, it's a world that knows about is it that people. World? I assume it is. Yeah. Mm. You know, even if you go back to, you know, the guy from Iron Man 1 who blocked the reactor because he wanted to make powerful weapons and every every film since then. Um, yeah, I think it's a world where we know about evil people with big plans. Mm. It was more in response to kind of what he was saying. I felt broader than that as well. It was. It just felt like one of those things that gets put in the character's mouth. To mm. say no, we know, and I thought, but you haven't really said anything. All you've right. done is just go, "Oh, men," and and granted, that is a punctuation that can get some of us through a day, but also, it's not, it's not enough. I think sometimes I feel like her lines are not necessarily enough. But then again, the show is not really doing extended deep dive dialogue, I suppose, mm. for, for anyone much, and it's not about her. But I think sometimes it feels bad that it's not about her. Maybe it should. Mm, She's mm. quite interesting. I guess I just... I've heard a lot about her father now. And I'm still not sure that she and Mark are actually married because they haven't really exhibited a great deal of (laughs) marriage. And, you know, last week Mm -hmm. he didn't even know her at all. Or she didn't know him at all. Um, And, you know, Mm. it it feels like she's there, but she's not there. But you... 
I don't I, I don't get the impression that this marriage was a marriage. I get the impression that they were kind of like two hot people who, you know, had this intense connection and got married. Like in Vegas? And, yeah. And, well, I hope maybe. it was in Vegas. And he, you know, and then he goes off mercenary ring around the world. <laughs> and so I don't, you know, I don't really see them setting up home together. And hmm. I mean, I liked her delivery of that. And hearing about each other's bad days. Like, I like the delivery of that's why we met. You know, that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, re- that I love that adds a further mm. layer to to just that what she was there. going through and yeah, yeah. Because yeah. mm. I think it is it is some of those the, the relationships that's making her feel more real to me compared again compared to some of the other characters that we've had ever similar ilk. But I think, like with you, I'm enjoying that she's seeing Stephen as oh, it's my husband who is incredibly hot and I want to do things with. Who knows about Egyptology? So I'm going to flirt with this guy and be really nice to this guy because I want him to stay. So it's a very logistically safe flirt, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's like oh, a loophole has arrived. She could still yeah, have stopped the kiss. <laughs> well, if she, you know, I mean, in this other hospital, mm. anything is possible. Mm. It's a 16 show. I don't see them going that far, if I'm really honest. Sometimes I think they do these things specifically for the fandom. Would it be an after-credits traffic? Having, having seen the fuss they made about the sex scene in Eternals, mm. and then having oh. seen that scene in Eternals, mm-hmm. I don't think we're going down that route somehow. Well, Less of a scene and more official, of a photograph. Yeah, not in the official um, Disney show. I imagine the fan fiction will know. Yeah. Will fill that void. Yeah. I expect it already has. I normally don't like this kind of thing where you've got, like, I don't know, I can't actually think of another thing I've watched where we've got this whole two personalities in one body, but I'm sure I have. That whole kind of um, punching himself in the face thing. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I really liked it this time. I think it's because Stephen had, like, this, it was just after the kiss, and he had this, like, dopey, lovelorn look on his face, and then suddenly that happens. Mm. And, um, yeah, it actually made me laugh. And mm. it's not the kind of physical comedy that would normally make me laugh, but um, I know it just it's a right horrible thing to here. have to horrible thing to have to act, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Because mm. that angle, it did look like he hit himself. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I you know, spoilers for Fight Club. I did just also rewatch that recently, and I still hate that. I mean, that was okay, a very good. important <laughs> film for me. But my goodness, uh, that is a ridiculous, ridiculous ridiculous sequence and this I'm afraid still reminded me of it <laughs> hard not to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just it, he got control of the arm through force of feel I don't mm. know <laughs> I, I, quite, I think that's interesting that because that then works as well when Layla is angry with him and wanting to speak to him about her father because um, and well, we don't know maybe Stephen did give Mark I felt like Stephen was like I'm back. <laughs> I do not want to be in the, in the skin for this. Like, I, but also, I think that that was a very steamy thing. Like, whoa, 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 this is not not my place. Not yeah. one bit my place. Yeah. And, and that felt like he just exited. It's kind of the emotional version of what we had in episode two, where he was Mr. Knight, and he was like, Mark, take the body, but Mark, take the body. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we saw it with the arm, because I had a moment of like, oh, you know, we've not gone down this. But of course, in the first episode, we had him keeping the scarab away from Harrow. Yeah, in exactly true. the same way. So you know they, oh, they set the precedent very nicely. If it's important enough, I suppose. Mm. You know, if it's the strength of filling enough, mm. that is a good point. And Layla knows about Conchu, which was something that we were questioning mm. last uh, week whether she was actually aware of him mm. and Mark's situation. But seems so. Yeah. So Abby, I understand you have uh, carrying over from uh, a frequent feature when we were looking at Loki is your design classics. Yes. Now, how, how uh, classic are we talking? We're talking Egyptology classics. I think that's pushing this. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're talking uh, sort of, uh, let's see, where are we? Uh, 1960 classics. Oh. Uh, in the hospital, I'm, I'm holding this up to the computer, which is a very a difficult shiny, thing shiny to do. Okay, curvy, that's curvy chair. Curvy uh, anyway, yeah, the, the Panton chair was a okay. firm feature in the hospital, and there were several of them lined up. Okay. Mm. Um, very, very key chair. You can send uh, me that for the show notes, please. By Verna Panton, who uh, later designed for IKEA, did a oh. very good ATIS chair, but um, that's by the by. And then, of course, the uh, the IKEA trolley was uh, also 
present across the hospital. Like a lot, a lot of IKEA yeah, in that space, yeah, um, yeah. but also some design classics. Um, I like the idea that the chairs might have been, you know, left over from Loki or something. But again, it's that when when you do those those sets. I was also quite taken by um, Harrow's office, which has kind of this an enormously strange fireplace and mm. painting arrangement, and just the details of that room, super weird, um, and and the furnishings. Again, it's it's. I'm not quite sure what they were trying to do with this institution, kind of whether it's just giving you so many references and bits mm-hmm. and sort of iconic. And uh, kind of space age and interesting looking things, or maybe it's just chairs without any sharp corners. Um, who knows? But yeah, it's, it's clearly something someone's had a time designing, and I think that we've we've had our sort of classic tomb sequences, and we've had sort of people's rooms and spaces, but we haven't had so much set design. Um, so I found that an interesting time. Mm. I really encourage the idea that IKEA is in the MCU. Oh, Akira! I mean, there's, I there's a whole Akira line in yeah. Eternal. Well, there's a line in yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. Oh, there is a line in the trailer. Yeah, oh, it's, it's yeah, canon. I want to see Thor trying to build a Billy bookcase or something. I can't believe that that wasn't one of those extra clips with Thor and his room. Well, not a Billy. It would have to be one with one of the names I can't pronounce, given he is Norse. One of the Swedish things. Yeah, they're just called stuff like chair and lamp. <laughs> Yes, I know, but it's exotic to us, isn't it? <laughs> Thoroughly. <laughs> but I mean, me. the instructions are the instructions are impossible. This mm. is, I mean, I'm just grateful to have married someone who can read them and actively enjoys them. I mean, it's it's a I whole. Other, really good with their instructions. I think you have really to be able to read pictures, and I can't. Okay. Which is hieroglyphs, probably not for me. <laughs> See, that's what, that's it. All of the Egyptology stuff I've forgotten has actually transformed into my mind. Reading, <laughs> 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 I can't. And do you know what? That's a practical use for something mm. I didn't think would ever be practical. It certainly is. Uh, so, so, yeah, there's that. Just some like random bits. I loved Stephen's joke um, when he was trying to diss Stephen. Yeah, if I need a recipe for a protein shake or something, I'll call you. <laughs> that really made me giggle. Um, and I thought. I know they're really pushing it with the the English, but plonker. Have you ever said plonker? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's not Del Boy. It's it's, it's a word. I know it's a word, but like, comes up there in English? specific circumstances. And again, I think the way that Stephen talks to himself. Yeah, mm. I I absolutely I could probably imagine specifically saying it to myself. As well. <laughs> Maybe it's a West Country thing. Maybe it's we don't definitely so the much. kind of thing I would particularly say it to my dad or something. I think I can I can well imagine this. Just it's a very strong word, you know, a plonker. Hmm. It's a, you know, whilst it's also being real... soft as anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We use numpty as another version of that. Mm. Oh, mm. that's not a word I've used. Mm. It's useful. Mm. Okay. And I was thinking Osiris at the beginning. You know, so the beginning scene we had when um, oh, Conchu's little—I know there's a proper name for it, but I can't remember what it's called—little statue mm. was put into Osiris was put it into the alcove. And I thought, God, you must have been so pleased that you actually managed to um, imprison another god because there was that empty display <laughs> alcove one. in the middle, <laughs> throwing the whole look off, and you would have been like, oh. Finally, finally, Will my display. someone break a rule, please? <laughs> I mentioned at the beginning that I kept being distracted by Ethan Hawke and, and also previously mentioned my appreciation for his ability to act in strange areas and I felt like his psychiatrist or whatever, doctor, mm-hmm. orderly yeah. turn was just another great example and I was very, very compelled by and interested in that scene. Mm. With actual actual glasses that mm. made the light move, like his, you you often see people wearing glasses in films that it doesn't bend the light, so you can see they're not actually prescription or anything. He was wearing prescription glasses, possibly oh. his own glasses. Well, exactly, I I appreciate when you see that. Hmm. That's another thing that will be nice to look for now. Like when Pegs is always upset about painting because there's never any paint on the brush and things, or they don't actually paint, you know, they yeah, just yeah. dab something and nothing happens. 
I do I do like keeping a list of things. Birds singing out of season, that's one. <laughs> I get Less of a problem in this show, though. The hill that you'll die on. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really appreciated just the kind of jarring flip. Mm. That was quality. It's interesting how compassionate the harrow in the hospital is. Mm. And so if this is... You know, if it were that this was all a figment of um, Stephen and Mark's imagination or unconscious or what have you, then that seems a weird move. Well, think about how when when he took him round the uh, the vegan warehouse, or, yeah, you know the cult house. Again, he was being very kind, mm. very accommodating. Let me tell you. Let me share with you. Let me show you. Let me recruit you. Yeah, he's a villain. He thinks he's man. right. Hmm. Mm. And can can extend generosity. Mm. Mm, interesting, but hard to know kind of the purpose of of that character's fit. I I felt like the angle of that character, and like you mentioned, the the scene that's that's out of their um, out of their um, perspective. Yeah. yeah, the scene that's out of their ex- perspective is for me a, a reason to think that it's not just in their mind. Mm. Um, could it be something that Conchu has access to? But does he have any powers if he's mm. in his statue? Mm. Well, not necessarily, but there might be something residual. And because... Um, oh, sorry, my brain is just kind of like gently running down. Um, because, <laughs> <laughs> because Harrow has also been an avatar. Could it be another kind of home for ex-avatars? Another different format of that, maybe. Mm. All the people who have ever been or will ever be, perhaps, avatars of something. Layla hasn't. That's interesting. Not yet. Mm. No, but I mean, but, Donna was there, and Donna, I'm pretty sure Donna has mm, been an avatar. That's true. Well, and you've got the cops who are the orderlies mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and what have you. So. Mm. Which would this, suggest. This, is, this could be. This is what um, Stephen and Mark are seeing. Mm. It, you could have it that there are other kind of bubbles within that realm that the different avatars I suppose that is the thing that does suggest that it's Stephen or again that it is is there any possibility that all the Egyptian stuff is the thing that's not real what in the hospital's real mm. I mean well, absolutely that's what they're trying to give us as a, as a yeah. Um, possibility yeah again you know I would wonder why we spent three and a half episodes with it yeah, I, I'll if be a bit annoyed real. if, yeah, well, yeah. unless they do something magnificent um, that I haven't thought of. But if it is just that this is, yeah, because we spent mm. a lot of time mm-hmm. in those. And then also, so anything going forward with Moon Knight isn't real. Yeah. Did they have the effects of being shot? I was so distracted again by, by these things that even the second time I forgot to say, did they have the wounds from being shot? Uh, no. Not that we could see. No. Though. Hmm. That actually, him being shot, there was very little blood. Particularly since he fell into water. There was the kind of like holes. Hmm. But even those, that, did, that didn't really... Hmm. But I think if you then fell into water, normally that would expand through, just given what we were talking about before. Um, and I, one of my slight concerns going forward is, so far we have not seen much of Moon Knight or Mr. Knight in the series, really. Hmm. Which I've really, much as I think they're cool characters and what have you, I've really liked that it's been so focused on the characters of, of Mark and Stephen. But I'm just hoping that doesn't mean that we're going to end up with a, a finale that is you know, very, very Moon Knight heavy. Because that, to me, would point towards you know, mm. the big CGI finale. Well, if, if, I mean, we haven't really speculated thus far on what we think the story might be. So, I mean, Conchu is all safely tucked into his alcove it, what do we think that the way through is I have now I have literally no idea given this I mean I'm guessing third personality is going to have some impact I, I, um, I, my theory is either they become an avatar for thank you um, or or something along those lines get some power from another place. So does a, a you know Moon Knight variant for them, 
or that's the thing that helps them get Khonshu to become Khonshu's avatar again. Because mm. mm. if this is an origin story for Moon Knight in the MCU, we kind of need at least one of them to end up as Moon Knight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, fully reinstated and ready to go. I assume Conchie's going to have to come back somehow because, yeah, as you say, otherwise that's, that's kind of it, isn't it? Um, the reason that I can remember that it's, I think it's meant to be Taura is because it sounds like Laura, which is the sexy, sexy version of my name. <laughs> but when I spent a year living in Italy, I was Laura. Laura. I so wanted to come back and be Laura, but I thought, no, that is way too pretentious. I'm Laura. Laura from the West Country. <laughs> We could have adopted that for your pod name. (laughs) Okay, from now on for pod pod name, I am Laura. And Laura geeks out. (laughs) Love it. It's fine by us. Final important thing to make sure we don't miss out is Doctor's Watch. Um, So trawled through IMDb as usual. We've got a couple of repeats. So Billy, the cop, and then the orderly, Mm -hmm. and Donna. Um, but the most exciting is Dr. Stephen Grant himself from the film was in Doctors. Mm, interesting. Very exciting. That's yeah, very that good. Like, somehow it's all come together as a crazy random happenstance. Yeah, mm. absolutely. I mean, maybe that's it. We can have the finale is Moon Knight bursts into the Doctor's surgery. <laughs> yeah, maybe that is the finale is actually it's all just been a TV show all along. That would be cool. <laughs> That would be very. That, cool. that would be great, yeah. and then there's like Oscar Isaac as guest guest star, guest star on that <laughs> Doctor's Moonlight crossover. <laughs> oh, how much do you want that? What a what a joyous thing that would be! I think that would be majestic. So that is it for marvelous this week. We'll be back next week when hopefully we'll start to get some answers. Until then, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at eloquent gushing. I'm on Twitter at Laura Geeks Out. Abby, where can we find you? Uh, this AE show. And Matthew. On Twitter at Matthew Bose. Until next time. Laters, gators. <laughs>